if the team had its way, Brian Reynolds would be signed to a long-term extension. Start with that. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins in the same place that you found this. I'm reporting this morning on the DK Pittsburgh Sports website for our Point Park University Friday Insider feature that the team remains most focused more than anything else in the Reynolds scenario on signing him and signing him long-term. I'm not talking about just honoring the final year of the two-year extension that they put together last year. I'm talking about a real live contract that eats up a couple or more of Reynolds' free agency years, you know, just like the last one. The difference being, of course, that it would have to be one upon which both sides would agree. No, they're not back to talking, at least not to my knowledge. But the view from inside 115 Federal, from what I've been told, is that once there's something of a cooling off period, and you can't begin to imagine how, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here that's clean, uh, angry <laughs> the pirates were that Reynolds' representation at CAA decided to go public with his trade request. And the reason that they were as angry as they were is, well, again, they actually wanted this to happen. I've described the Pirates' approach to this as clumsy. I'll stand by that. I don't think you come in with six years and $75 million or more than $75 million, however it tends to be characterized. I think you approach, even if it's not necessarily the greatest negotiating tactic, with a number that's a lot closer to where you know it'll actually end up if it gets done. That wasn't going to be it. And they knew that too. But they also didn't think this would explode in their faces the way it has thanks to CAA. So what they'd like to do, what they're very much open to doing is to restarting those talks at some point and trying again to get it done because they see it as the optimal scenario. They legitimately see it. The conversations that I've had have convinced me of that, that what they did with the initial offer wasn't designed to blow anything up for the purpose of making Reynolds a bad guy and then making it easier to trade him for a bunch of prospects because blah, blah, blah. They really did hope to get this done, and they still do. But if that's the case, then why are they clearly engaging in trade talks with other teams right now? This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. John Heyman, the uh, semi- 
independent reporter who does some stuff on MLB Network, who's also been connected in a not-so-pretty way for years to Scott Boris, tweeted out yesterday that teams are beginning to get really frustrated with how much the Pirates are demanding. Remember I told you this was the week that stuff was going to start? That's how it goes. A couple reasons for that. One, teams like the Yankees, uh, to a lesser extent the Mets, have people in their offices who feed these messages to the New York reporters. And I'm not guessing at this. I've dealt with New York reporters, gotten to know them over the years. So that message gets out that we're trying really hard, but the pirates are making it so hard. The other one is that, and we saw this intensely during the lockout, national reporters think of the pirates as a feeder system. They wouldn't understand why why are the pirates holding on to this player? I mean, he'd make such a good Yankee. Why are they keeping him? Makes no sense. There's there's a natural order of things here. How dare the pirates balk at this? They should be bending over backward to make Reynolds a Yankee. There's a lot of that. And as you can tell by my tone here, I find it really really annoying. But that doesn't mean that teams aren't going after Reynolds doesn't mean that Ben Charrington's hanging the phone up when people call. Charrington has now done this with Reynolds three off-seasons in a row. It's not new to this one. He's done it three off-seasons in a row. And as he has described himself with unusual candor, he just believes in hearing what people have to say. He will never know in advance what someone might have offered if he doesn't at least listen. And in some cases, this part doesn't come from him, but I'm sharing this on my own. If a team offers, let's say, three prospects, and they're not seen universally as being among that team's top prospects, but the Pirates' own work, the Pirates' own studying and scouting, Has those players rated much higher? Here again, the only way he's going to know what could be available for Reynolds is to listen. So by listening, right now, he achieves two things. One, there's a cooling off period. Two, he at least leaves open the possibility that someone will send something insane his way. But here's the other funny thing about Charrington. When he and I have had these kinds of conversations in previous off-seasons, he would be able to say to me with like half a wink, hey, this isn't happening. This isn't happening. Nobody's going nobody's to give us what we're asking for. And he knew that, while at the same time knowing that what he really wanted was to keep Reynolds. Now, if someone says, hey, here's our top three prospects, and they are the three best young players in the planet. Yeah, I mean, you do that in two seconds. You say, see you, Brian. <laughs> you know, good luck in pinstripes or wherever it is that you end up going. But he does play this particular game well, and he does frustrate people, uh, not just in uh, other teams' headquarters, but also people around here who would like to see a resolution to this sooner rather than later. As would I, I'm not going to lie. When we come back, J1Q...
comes from John who says, I just wish this front office was more transparent. I'm sick of all the platitudes and the cliches. Just tell us your plan. John, I I, I, I can't agree with any statement anyone makes regarding this club more than that, even more so than they're cheap, sell the team, all that other stuff that we talk about on a regular basis. There's nothing that stands out more than this. I had lunch with a team executive. This was three, four months ago, something in that range. Time flies. I just jumped from team to team, game to game. And a lot of the conversation on my part, on my part, was about the importance of the team finding a way to get its message out. When I'm sitting across from someone at a table, When I'm talking to Bob Nutting and standing along the right field line in Bradenton before a game, when I'm talking to Ben Charrington uh, in the seats of a stadium, they will say things, and not in some devious whatever, because none of them really is much of a manipulator or anything like that. They're just not. They don't have that in them. When you listen to them, and you pay attention, you look them in the eyes, you can get what it is that they hope to do. And you will walk away from that individual. I do this feeling like, oh, well, yeah, that actually kind of makes sense. That's that's what you want to do. Have you considered sharing this with anyone? Because talking to me off the record while I appreciate it, and it helps inform me for programs like this, for the columns that I write, they don't do you a whole lot of good. And that's, to me, where this team just totally uh, falls on its face. Now, I don't even need to get into Pirates Fest being canceled and the caravan not having been brought back since before the pandemic. This is this is just about plain and simple, being available, answering questions, and getting across your side. Don't just take all the bullets from people like me and everyone else and then go, you know, hide under the desk or something or say, well, we'll emerge whenever, you know, we do something that's popular or we start winning. Fans want to hear what you have to say right now. You know, this. I say this all the time, but this isn't an expansion team here. This team's been around 137 years in this city. This is passed on from generation to generation, the passion and the love for this team. And if you could stick out these last 40 years or any significant percentage of these last 40 years, then you're in. You got no choice. You're not tuning anything out. You care. And they need to understand that people want to hear this. They want to hear the plan. Like you said, not platitudes and cliches and not, oh, we really like what we're seeing from Zach Thompson and we really think that Josh Van Meter can. But no, man, just just be real. This is Pittsburgh. Be real. Say what's actually going on. Say that you have high hopes for uh, Quinn Priester and... Mike Burrows to make it to the major league rotation this year. Same thing with uh, Luis Ortiz. 
And when you get these guys up here, all of a sudden you're going to have more starters than what you need, and you're going to be in a really good spot. Just say that. Because if you can say it to me when I'm not recording or whatever, say it to everyone else. Say to everyone else that as you look at this rotation and these young guys who are about to join it, you're about to have as much young, good starting pitching as any team in the National League. Say that. Say that to, you know, humans, the citizens, the people who buy your tickets. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone who listens to Daily Shot of Pirates. We'll do another one of these on Monday. 